ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of Infection Podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me over on X at Nicholas M. Craig or visit our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Joining us as always with a, uh, what is that, an Unreal Engine uh, background, Brian with an eye Aldrich. Yeah. One of their little demos they made when they first released UE5, so throw that up there Excellent. If you want to find me of course you can find me at boise computer on x or at brian aldridge on the rest um so do you want to jump right into the news you got anything you want to bring um, up before we jump i in? do i do i have another thing that i'm gonna throw on you like i've done like i did yeah. a couple of weeks ago have you heard of hell divers 2 i've heard of it i've heard it's it's supposed to be a pretty good yeah game. But I haven't, so, I haven't looked at video of it. I, well, I've seen some screenshots. I have not played it. I did uh, spend some time talking to our resident attorney, uh, Saul Goodman. Uh, he was playing it, and he was uh, sharing, streaming his uh, Discord. You can, like, stream to your channel or whatever. So I was talking mm-hmm. to him while he was playing. It's kind of, it, it, it's, I got some uh, planet side vibes with it. There's, like, a big overarching goal that everybody's trying to accomplish, it's an instance-based yeah. game, a party of, of uh, up to four that you play with and you're completing missions. Um, and it's actually published by Sony, funny enough, as uh, we always talk about them kind of uh, yeah, kind of losing out. Every, nothing is Sony. Like Everything is either third-party studios or Microsoft, and they own everything now. Um, this game is incredibly popular. Looking at the uh, stats right now on Steam... It's got um, 409,000 people. Its all-time peak was yesterday, uh, just shy of uh, 460,000 concurrent players. And when you pull up the Steam list of everything, um, you can see Counter-Strike, Helldivers, Dota, and Power World. So it's, uh, it's hot. It's right up there. I'm you know the thing that it. worries me about yeah. this game, though? Okay. Just okay. as a, I'm going to put this out there. Light the engine that they built this game on is an engine that was discontinued in 2018 by Autodesk. It's it's the Autodesk Stingray engine. And they discontinued that engine in 2018. So they're using an, an, an engine that's no longer even supported by the developer. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's... It's, it's a dead engine. I just think that's all. I mean, I'm, they must have been working on this game for... What, six years? I why well, would you more pick, than continued then? Yeah, I, I mean, say. you know, so it had to have been before. It, so you had to have started working on it before they said that the engine was was going to be discontinued. So, I well, just, and I we thought that was kind of funny. We all know about software. Typically, you don't just discontinue something the next day. Like you would be like, hey, in three years, this engine. They would have had a, a heads up, yeah, yeah sure. that <laughs> Autodesk was discontinuing this. Um, did you know Autodesk made a game engine? I didn't. I did, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I saw it, but I never really messed with it. But I did say, let's see. I was going to see when they announced it. Interesting. So 2015, uh, I think in 2015, they announced that it would be discontinued, I think. You know, let's see. obviously. Oh, wait, no, in 2015, they announced it as a new engine in 2015. And then a couple of years later, they discontinued it. Which means very that probably had very little adoption. Um, Which is crazy that they made this this game on that, you know, with how long long it was out. You know, it's interesting that you say that about the engine because there is a big issue with the game, and it's an issue right now, but it will go away over time. It only allows half a million players at a time, and I can only now knowing this, I presume that that is due to the fact that. Um, Maybe their net uh, net code or, or whatever server infrastructure this thing runs on does not mm-hmm. is just is is hard capped at that that limit. I guess. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking because it and, and there's not much they have to do everything by hand because there's no development that's been happening on that engine since 2018. So everything mm. they're making from here on out, I mean, they might as well be adding and, and developing their own engine at this point. Yeah, <laughs> which to get which is kind of sad. I, you know, I did hear I saw a um, something quoting one of the developers of this game okay. saying that Unreal Engine Five is like magic. 
compared to, and I'm assuming they're comparing it to Stingray, because I yeah, kind sure. of assumed that this game was using Unreal Engine 5, but then when you That's said Sony PlayStation, I figured, well, maybe not. So I went and looked. Uh, so I bet you they're now messing with Unreal Engine 5 and just seeing, but yeah, they made this thing on an engine that was pretty much taken out of commission because here's from Autodesk's fact. They said, we feel that we feel we can better serve our customers by working more closely with Unity and Unreal Engine <laughs> rather than trying to develop our own alternative. And they Which, said this in 2018. So you need to explain why would Autodesk, why would they be working with some of the, what's the relevance there? What would you be using Autodesk for in regards to game development? Okay, yeah. So a lot of the software, the major studios that make uh, games use applications like 3ds max maya um there's some others they also they do a lot of cad stuff as well sure. but when it comes to game development creating 3d assets 3ds max is one of the top products for doing that i mean it, it, it is um you know it is what you go for and just just so you know like the software costs of, of an application like autodesk is um, so they have their, what they call their Autodesk Media and Entertainment Collection, which pretty much gives you access to, it's a subscription, um, but it gives you access to their Maya, um, Autodesks, the things for modeling, animating, and rendering things in a game, in, for the game engine. That alone is $2,605 a year for one user. That's their subscription. It, it's expensive. $325 a month to access this software. I mean, just to give you a perspective of, this is not for hobbyists. Uh, this is the software that these studios use to create the really awesome um, assets that you see. Yeah. So th this is not a small company, but they, you know, they make a lot of things. Obviously they do very well. I mean, when you, when you have a $2,600 a year software subscription, that almost it is the standard when it comes to major game studios. You know, they don't need that game engine. Yeah. They just make all your stuff work seamlessly with UE5, which is even better because they probably found that all their stuff and Unity better. Hello, go back to the okay, FAQ. Okay, Unity, Unity. Too. Hey, hey, read, read, I'm read the I'm talking about the UE5. <laughs> but if you look at how this software that they use makes the assets, it makes it in super high resolution that sure. then to put it in Unity, for example, you have to knock the, the resolution and the graphics down a ton to be able to display right. Well, they probably found, well, UE5 came out or was announced, and you can pretty much take it directly from their software to the other without having to take out any details, and it renders exactly as it does in their software, which is was unheard of before Unreal Engine 5. You know, I know you just moved into a new house, and I, I guess is it pop, I guess really the Unreal checks have been cashing. I mean, you are really, you're shilling <laughs> yeah. real hard here. You read the FAQ. You said we're going to work closely I started, with I started messing with, with game development again, kind of ah, testing stuff. So maybe that's kind of, why it's on my mind. It's on your mind. So um, nevertheless, the game is very popular. It looks a lot of fun. Um, it's $40, which is right in the price point where you're like, you know, is this... Is you got to pay their $2,600 a, a year software subscription. Yeah, but I mean, this game. you know... So, come I, on, $40. I, well, yeah, I... um, That $40 price range is kind of like the, the, the tip. $29.99 I can justify. $30 bucks I, I can deal with. But you get, you get to $40 and it's like, am I really going to play this that much? Uh, at least for me. All I know is that I will be purchasing this game. I've got some friends playing it and I will... I will give that a shot. It is not on Game Pass. It is only on PlayStation uh, and, uh, and on PC. So uh, I will report back in the coming weeks on, uh, on Helldivers, Brian. And I'm going to put a little link here in extras that kind of talks about what I was telling you. Um, and their, their developers said, our crazy engineers had to do everything with no support. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. So, yeah, they call it, they call it abandonware. Well, I mean... I guess you get so far down the path, you're like, well, we can't really pivot now. It's one of those. Yeah, things. they said our project started before it was discontinued. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you gonna do? Like, delay your game by two years to learn a whole? Like, yeah, it's it's not it's not realistic. But I tell you what, no. I watched a couple a couple. I watched a little over an hour of of actual gameplay from somebody playing, 
and uh, mm-hmm. it seems it seems like a lot of fun. It looks like a fun game, kind of like a you know, little Left for Dead ish kind of. You're completing a a, a okay. time based mission. The planet side element where you're everybody that's playing is working towards a better goal. Um, so it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, if you're playing it, you should shoot us a mess, put something in our Discord, leave us a comment on YouTube or Rumble, and uh, and let us know your thoughts. It did have a positive review on Steam up until I guess recently. It is just it is now down to sixty nine percent. I mean, it's still seventy you percent know, of the reviews are positive. Uh, but it has jumped down to that mixed category. And I assume some of that is from some of the login issues because there is that cap on players. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it seems like a great game, and it's hitting its 24-hour peak every single day. Or, excuse me, it's hitting its all-time peak every 24 hours. So there's there's more and more people jumping in. So one thing that I'm seeing is some of the complaints. Like one guy's talking about, uh, as many as others have stated, this game requires an N Protect Game Guard, which requires root level access. Companies in Protect has several scandals in its history, including having its users' data exploited, as well as not uninstalling when the game. So, I mean, <sighs> it depends. Okay. I would be more. I would most software that if it's going to be doing anti cheat, of course, it know, needs type root of prevention level like that. Yeah. They need root level access. That that doesn't concern me so much. I mean, if you want to say that they have scandals. Being, getting exploited isn't necessarily a scandal. I mean, usually when companies have a big problem like that, they then throw money into their budget like they didn't before, and they have less problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like Jack in the Box. Many years ago, you probably before you really were paying attention to these sort of things, had their um, E. coli outbreak. I, I know it happened here in Idaho. A lot of people almost died, and now ever since, you know, we've never had an issue like that with <laughs> with that company. So, you know, that's that's the type of thing. I, I'm not seeing a strong reason why other than people being upset, saying, like, things are at capacity. Maybe they can't log that's in. That's the issue. It's login issues because the servers are limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's that's yeah. that's why it's at 69% instead of probably upper 70s or low 80s um, or even or even higher potentially. So that's uh, that's how divers uh, just wanted to. I like do I like doing this. I need to. Like little throwing little throwing little things out there and seeing seeing what happens with it. All right, Brian. On to the news. What's going on this week? Well, all right. You there was something that was linked to what you were just talking about. Oh, I want to mention really quick. My wife and I have been still playing Power World. Okay. Um, and uh, been doing pretty good with that. Having a lot of fun. You know, this week's been kind of crazy just because of stuff coming up. So we haven't played the last couple of days, but mm-hmm. still, uh, still been taming things or capturing them, whatever they are. Yep. Um, there has been some kind of worry on people that are playing Power World because of Pokemon. Uh, yeah. People are claiming that Pokemon, uh, well, Pokemon's claiming that Power World has plagiarized, copied the whole concept of Pokemon. Uh, you know, and this is something that supposedly there's going to be some legal repercussions by uh by the makers of Pokemon for this. I don't know if at this point, you know, are they going to require, I mean, they'd have to go to court and do all these things, figure out if it was uh, infringing on any of their rights. And then, you know, what are they going to do? Shut the game down, charge them a Uh, fine. Damage is done. I mean, yeah. Uh, You know, this article, this is gameland.gg is claiming that yes, supposedly, uh, you know, there, there is signs point to yes. Everybody's kind of saying it does have a lot of these Pokemon. I was never really into Pokemon, so I can't really tell you. Um, oh, I mean, it, it is undoubtedly a ripoff of, of Pokemon. However, that is not how patent rights work. And if you did not, if you're not truly, I mean, <laughs> Let's go back. We've t- I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not, but you look at the c- original cloning of the cloning of the IBM uh, bootloader. You had a mm-hmm. group of engineers at Compaq that never read an IBM manual, had never looked at the source code of an IBM uh, bootloader, and they reverse engineered and made the IBM bootloader work. And the company um, it was American uh, who, uh, American BIOS or whatever, whatever company they ended up forming back in the 80s yeah. to, to do this. 
IBM tried suing the hell out of them and they were unsuccessful because they did not copy the code. It functioned the yeah, exact BIOS, right? Yes. It functioned the exact same way as the IBM BIOS, but it wasn't a copy. It was done in a completely different way. And IBM then that's what caused the rise of Compact and all of these other companies. There's a great movie, a great movie about this called uh, Silicon Cowboys. If, if uh, for folks that are interested, really well done. Um, yeah. But because it acted the same way, that did not give IBM the right to say these are these groups because other companies had literally just ripped off the IBM uh, BIOS, and those companies were were buried and put out of business legally as they should have been. This company was not because they didn't. And it's the same thing with Power World. Does it look yep. very similar? Yes. Are the are the ideas very similar? Yes. Did they literally rip source code from Nintendo and and copy line by line things? I think the answer is no. Uh, oh, the answer is no. Nintendo doesn't have a game like this. I mean, what do they do? Pull elements from a 8-bit Pokemon game from 15 years ago? Um so is it similar? Yes. Are there a lot of elements? Yes. I don't know that there's going to be enough for a full-on legal battle. They can try. They've got the Pokemon company has got plenty of money. I mean, they can do whatever they want. I just don't know well, that it's going to be successful. And guess what? It's going to do. It's going to bring more attention to this game because people yeah. are like, "Holy crap!" The there's news. an MMO Pokemon game I can play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can, and it's completely unrelated to the company. Well, and this, you know, you, as you said, you can't get sued for similar character designs. Yeah. Some of the some of the comments that I'm seeing, though, is that they're claiming that they pretty much traced some of the existing Pokemon characters, like, and then slightly changed them that way. That's what would get them in trouble. Well, if potentially. They some, if they pulled in assets that pre-exist and used those to generate their assets, if they can prove that happened, then they're in trouble. But if they design these and just maybe were thinking about those assets, sure, you can't, you can't you can't get them for that, and so that's where it would need to go to court and see. We'll we'll have this article in our our show notes link, and you can see because there are some um, examples of people comparing various monsters from Pokemon and showing them side by side to show them that uh, you know they're supposedly they took one of their other creatures and pretty much made them identical. Yeah, and if, if they were tracing them, that that's right on the edge there of, it especially because they were showing one where their bone structure, uh, you know, when the rigging, ha I don't know what Pokemon the game this is coming. Well, that's out what of, I was wondering. Cause these. I, I don't know what, yeah, say neither do I. I mean, there hasn't been a modern, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's been a couple of Pokemon games recently on the switch but somewhere. There's yeah. Somewhere there's these assets and they're saying they're claiming that there's a possibility that they've, pulled in these assets and then made something over the top of those that would get you in trouble because one thing with american um uh, what was that the this will not american happen american megatrends yeah when they were doing the bios they did it without looking at the actual code of the other bios well, they now, just said we know that it responds to this we know that it responds to that and they created the things to make it do those steps correct access that to it but they weren't looking at the code to make their code. And that's exactly what's going to have to be proven here. Yeah, it looks sim looks yep. very similar, but okay. Um yeah, I would um I would say that good luck. Um I think from a PR standpoint, this would be a disaster for the Pokémon yep. company because people and a Pokémon company and Nintendo are not the same. That's that they are two different two two distinct companies. Um, yeah. Obviously, Pokemon's last big thing was um, the, with Niantic or whatever that was. Uh, the Pokemon Go Niantic Niantic, <clears throat> Niantic. Uh, that that was very popular, but that wasn't really a, a a Pokemon game. I know that they just recently came out with one on the Switch, and I know some some folks have been playing that, and and they they seem to enjoy it. Um, but I think so. Pokemon Unite. Was yeah for the switch, but I think um, then there was this, Pokemon Go on to that in 2016. So maybe they're was, getting the Pokemon Unite seems to have a lot of assets. You know, yeah, it's a it's modern a modern game. It. It's been out less yeah. than a year, I think. Um, that would be where if they can prove that they were using assets from that game, pulling them in and then sure. recreating characters, that that's what I would like to see them prove. 
which yeah, the, the, which they'll have to do. But go back, going back to the PR to the PR side of it, regardless of what the legal ramifications are or aren't. Myself, who grew up literally playing Pokemon games on the Game Boy Advance and the SP and the DS, absolutely entrenched in that franchise. Um, mm-hmm. I find it very frustrating that now, as a you know a late twenty-something-year-old adult, they really just haven't done anything. I mean, you have Pokemon Go, which again wasn't a Pokemon game, and then you had this Switch game. This would have been a great thing for them to do, but the, the, these mm-hmm. the, the Nintendo and some of their subsidiaries are so behind the eight ball on anything going on that I think you would end up finding a bunch of Pokemon fans going, "Why the hell didn't you just do this?" I mean, yeah. like, why, you guys, you guys could have been working on this for the last decade, and you and and you weren't. So I, I think it would yeah. be a PR nightmare for them to go after Pal World, whether they have the legal ramification, whether they have a legal, a, a serious legal challenge or not. PR nightmare, yeah. in my book. Yeah, well, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, they could be totally tone deaf. They are tone if, deaf. If you want to compete, put it, put out a game that's better. I mean, come they don't on. put anything it, out. Yeah. Same thing with I Nintendo, know. man. They don't do anything. Yeah. Well, I, yes. I mean. Nintendo's they don't like hit or miss. They put out games for the Switch when it first came out, re, you know, updated titles of pre-existing games, but they they don't put a lot out uh, I mean, new they things the, out anymore. They had the, the Zelda game, the two Zelda games which were incredibly popular, which is the first time that they'd gone into yeah. this sphere, right, of this kind of like open world game like that modern times. Um yeah. But the company just as a whole is is just very, very delayed and lagged. Yeah. So. They don't like to take the big risks. Uh, you it's know, not even the, a risk. Like, I mean, it, people lap up anything. Company, people love Nintendo, like them looking at the economy right now, and they're not going to put out anything. You know, this company, they put out something, and look how well they're doing. But hold on. You are giving them way too much credit. Screw the economy. I mean, they, have, they, they could have been working on this stuff for over a decade now. I mean, ver, ver, through, the good, through the good and the bad. Um, yeah. and they just won't They're It's so amazing to watch a company like Nintendo and their subsidiaries be so out of touch with their audience. I mean, you talk about some yeah. of the most popular, well-known IPs of all time. Nintendo owns them and they don't do yeah. anything with them. Zelda would be the exception really, because those, the, 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 uh, Bre- uh, breath of the wild and then whatever the new one is completely out of left field in terms of the traditional things that Nintendo does. The new Pokemon game, apparently pretty good. I don't know. I, I haven't played it. Um, but they're just, they are just incapable of providing what people want in terms of, of, of content. Well, I feel like, for, the, for instance, with Zelda, the only reason they did that is because they wanted a hot title for their Switch. They sure. needed something that was going to be a guaranteed hot title. Uh, and that was it. That sold very well, and it sold probably a lot of switches as well, or kept people yeah. using them. So, all right. Well, I thought that would, you know, I just wanted to let you know that I, I'm still playing that game. Uh, I've never played Pokemon, so I can't really tell you the comparison. Uh, another thing that's come up here recently is, of course, everybody loves Elon Musk. Uh, Big fan, of course. And yeah, of course, no controversy ever with him. But the, he no. he's been talking about this Neuralink, and this has been something that's been bubbling in the background. I know that uh, there, there was a lot of pushback from them trying to prevent him from being able to do it from, I don't think it was the FTC. I think it was one of the other organizations. Uh, but they, they ended up here in the last couple of what weeks. What is Neuralink? Putting, so Neuralink is a brain implant <laughs> that will allow you to think things and interact with electronics. Yeah. So... They're, they're initially, and what's probably got them to be able to push it through the initial testing, is they're saying for someone who's a paraplegic, somebody who doesn't have the use of their limbs, that doesn't have the use of, maybe they can't speak, things like that. Maybe they can't hear. I don't know. I think this is currently, I don't think it's interacting the other way. I'd have to look more into that. But you can interact with the Neuralink, and they're having it control a computer mouse as of right now. And so this person just thinks and they're able to move the mouse and they're trying to get that person to do as many button presses as possible from thinking. Uh, you know, 
and that way they can monitor and probably improve and make it more effective. Uh, the patient seems to have made a full recovery with no ill effect that we are aware of and is able to control the mouse, move the mouse around the screen just by thinking. Uh, and so this is their first test that they've done. Uh, they haven't given a lot of information about the person. Uh, you know, I th think from what I remember seeing at some point is, you know, this person does have a disability of some sort that this is enhancing their life just having at this point even. But this is something that will definitely, I think it was the FDA that was pushing uh, against it here originally. Uh, but they're recruiting patients now and they've been doing it since the fall, uh, since they got uh, that approval from the FDA. So this will be pretty cool. Now, I'd be nervous to get it just as a person who would be totally for fun. Like this would not be a um, thing that I would be doing I, I wouldn't want to be one of the first people getting this. Now, if I were a paraplegic, sure, that might that would be a, such a life enhancement for me that I'd be willing to take that risk of a possible side effect. Um, as a person who would be using it just so that I could listen to my emails in my head or you know maybe write an email without using my my hands, uh, you know that's not. I'm gonna wait until I be. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll come out with a way that they don't have to actually. Oh, it's going to have to be into your it, brain. They're going to have to insert it into your brain. It's the only way that it works. That's what they're um, doing right now. You know, at some point, maybe they get something that reads who, the future. Who knows? But right future. now, I just I don't want to get the brain surgery to do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you, you know, we talked about the Apple Vision Pro and Google Glass and some of these kind of uh, hybrid VR devices. And that's yep. that stuff is cool in itself. This this is truly the next the next level when you literally can well, think it, things. It helps and make them to understand the brain better. Sure, because because once they do this enough and they they enhance this technology, I mean, just look at what he did with rockets. If you look at rockets from NASA, I mean, the Challenger. I always joke with my wife. The Challenger was you know blew up, and yes. I remember it very well because. Uh, I was a kid in school, and there was that was the first rocket that had a teacher going up to space, and Everybody so they sat us all in front so we could watch the TV go and sitting there in the school auditorium and watched it blow up, you know, and and, uh, and so those things were very, definitely risky. Very cynical, Brian. Jesus. Well, I mean, it was it was a sad day. I mean, talk about like, well, how do you process that as a seven year old or what? I, however old I was, maybe I was six. Uh, you know, saying they're saying, "Look, teachers going up to, oh, kids go back to your classes," <laughs> not wanting to tell us what happened, even though we saw it blow up in front of our faces. So, the good old eighties. But in, NASA, here we go. <laughs> Way to bring it all back. What year was this? Let's see, eighty something. Challenger, Challenger eighty-eight or something like that. Eighty-six, eighty-three, somewhere. It's definitely in the. 80s. I was I was six years old. So I was yeah, six years go. old when it happened. So and I was in kindergarten. Burned, and this is burned into your memory. And, this, and they, they brought me out of my kindergarten class to come watch this, these people die on screen. Jesus, Brian. So that's what I saw back when I was six years old. They even had a poster of the teacher. You know, when you entered the school, they had a giant poster so you could see her. Is she from your school? Were, we were so, no, but I, was oh, she okay. from Idaho? There's no way. Idaho, teacher. Um. I, I, I think she was, let's see, she was from Concord, but she, yeah, I, so she wasn't, but she was a teacher and that was like a big deal to all this. Yeah, schools. yes, sure. They're, they're pretty proud of it. So hmm. she died in 1986. She was only, she was 12. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Or they were married. Okay. Yeah. So she died in 1986. I was trying to figure out how old they were. She was 37 year old, 37 years old when she died. Pretty sad. Anyway. Thanks. That was great, Brian. I really appreciate that. I was so, I was feeling really good coming he, into the show. Now I'm just genuinely I depressed. Depressed. I mean, seriously, uh, why, so, why did you just completely <laughs> throw off the whole program? Thank you. Well, what I, but what I was saying is, look what he's done with SpaceX. They've done like who cares? Six hundred successful <laughs> missions now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And no, no teachers have so, blown up it, in any of those, right? 
they have a 99.4% success rate. Now, the ones that did blow up were the ones that they were testing early on, and they expected them to blow up. But if you look at what they've done now, they've done hundreds and hundreds of successful missions. Yeah, they're doing um, it know, like... They did 100 like, missions in one year. It's multiple times. A, it's like multiple times a week. Sometimes they're launching rockets. It's insane. Yes. And so if you, if you look, they're doing very well. NASA only sh- sh- sent rockets up once every few years yeah at the best you know at the best like when they were when they were staying extra active uh and they'd have random accidents these guys are just they're they're nailing it or elon's company's nailing it and so but if you look what he does with that he is just leapfrogged technology in space travel yeah they're sending a a a lander with to the moon right now and they're going to be sending people back to the moon the first time well They've done it recently. What Japan did? They died. <laughs> Once again, uh, the, they tried to send Japan tried to send people to the moon here last year. Take it away, and Brian. they ended up dying on the surface because it crashed. I'm sorry for the depression. You have it. Can you change you know, your background? Can you make your background the Challenger explosion, <laughs> or or maybe a picture of the teacher dying? Maybe put a picture of her and her kids in there, Brian. Maybe that'd be really good. You have anything else to add to the program today? This is ridiculous. <laughs> And if you do that, I literally am not going to put you on the screen. Do not change that. To <laughs> All right. I, I was going to put the teacher. Absolute, they even had the Liberty. They had a Liberty dollar with their picture on it. I was oh going to put God. there as this on the side for you. But so why do I do this? Show? Okay, they tried to send all this time Japan? out of my week. I'm, I've got things going on. I want to go to bed. I wake up at the m- middle of the night to work. I sit here and all I hear about is teachers exploding, posters, <laughs> so people poor, in, from poor, Japan uh, dying Japanese on the moon. What else, Brian? Still, they're still on the moon. They're the, hey, they've been on the moon the longest of anybody. Oh, my God. What um, is up with you? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got these. So last year they tried to send some people to the moon. It crashed on the way down. But they just sent up. Elon just sent up another rocket that's actually going to the moon right now. I don't the, know if it's reached there already. The, but they, has that been launched they're, yet? They're going, yeah, it launched a couple days ago. Oh, um, I don't know. No, it, I don't know it, if it's on the moon. Multi, it doesn't take multiple days to get to the moon. I think this one's just, I think this is putting things on the moon. Because oh, okay. this is going to be a multi-mission trip. To where they're going to send people, but I think they're sending supplies first. Plus, hmm. test those rockets as much as you can because these are different rockets. This isn't so they've got the rockets that send up all of the Starlink things. That's one rocket. Then they've been t- testing this other rocket lately that's much much bigger that they're going to be using to send things to Mars and all that. I'm assuming that's what they're using for some of these things. But they're sending up a bunch of stuff. They're going to try to make a little bit of a base on the moon. So that they can have people do a bunch of tests up there and have supplies. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Anyways, so you see that what they've done with that, I'm really interested to see once they understand brainwaves enough, reading them, how they work, what about sending brainwaves the other way? Now, when that happens, oh, yeah, that's yeah. going to be insane because you just got to think your eyes are brainwaves, you know, is, is sending brainwaves. Your ears are sending brainwaves. Everything is sending brainwaves to get all the senses that we experience. So once they can put in their own version, what's the limit? Right now, your eye, your vision is limited by the current quality of your eyes. Um, your hearing yeah. is, is, is limited by your current quality of your ears. All of the, your taste, everything. Imagine once they can tap into your brain and fake signals that are going to your brain, they could fake that you, you're eating the most delicious meal. Like you could... Deal with your wife's something. cooking. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. My, my wife's cooking is delicious. I, know, I wasn't but they talking about send... your wife, but I'm saying imagine that. Like, your wife can't cook. Wow, this is phenomenal. This is great. Like, uh, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. It's just mush. I mean, that's... That wasn't what... But see, the... I was thinking of a useful application, like... Uh, <laughs> I could go to sleep. Where, where it's going to override like the taste of the actual food you're eating. So you're like, oh, you're eating just slot. Well, that this is going to be their secret. Once they start putting everybody on we government. We could eat bugs. Regulated. Yeah, where they're feeding you bugs and, and everything is just down to that level. They'll be like, this these bugs taste like steak. And they're going to override your taste buds and be like, oh, this is so good. It's going to be like that, um, that one show all over again where they're sitting in front of the TV's getting stupid. I... 
I was thinking of the, I was trying to, you know, I'm very selfish. So I was thinking of all of the things that I could use, that could be used for. I could go to bed and immediately, and, and wake up and have all of the knowledge. I would have to do no show prep. It'll do all your re research for you. You It'd wake up with the knowledge. Your AI has already gone out, gotten yep. everything figured out for you, uploaded it to your brain in a dream so that you're ready to go. That sounds awesome. I mean, it, I also, I already it, that, don't do a lot of prep, but this would be even better. <laughs> Yeah, you don't even have to really think about it. I, but I, mean, yeah, imagine, I barely do that now anyway. Yeah. This is kind of a one way that the Neuralink's currently going. I think once they get that tap going the other direction, it's going to open up a huge amount because you'll have, just like you have eyes, which give two eyes, which give you the, the ability to see. Well, yeah. not everybody. That teacher doesn't have two eyes anymore, right? She died in the Well, neither does my right? dad. My dad's blind in one eye if we want to keep on going with <laughs> sad things. Um, so he doesn't have depth perception either. Uh, but if you look at what they'll be able to do, uh, you know, that you could, you could see, you know, put a camera and see behind you. You could have multiple eyes to where you have even better than like a car you know, reverse normal depth camera. perception. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have it to where you can have a full 360 view. How's your brain going to process that? Because your won't. brain figures out how to process and balance two eyes. Yes. Right. And it keeps them in sync. It would be able to figure out and do yeah, a full 360. Right. It would it, it would be super crazy when you first did it, but it would be able to figure it out. And you'd be walking around just seeing full 360 all the time and processing it. They would be able to do that if you wanted to. The real question would be, in this future, in what you're describing, how long before the federal government comes in and takes it? Because, I mean, you want to talk about something that's detrimental, like... AI is pretty spooky, right? Like we talk about some of the risks and threats of AI. Neuralink is Neuralink is really like the 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 scary Skynet end of society kind of thing where somebody hacks into the Neuralink system and takes it all yep. over. I mean that's the re that is the true end game. I mean that is then the real Then you can start feeding thoughts into people's brains. Yeah, you that's, could start yeah. making them see things the, that don't really exist. Be great if, for the if, CIA. If they're going the other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, they're, they're great at doing what, that anyway. Even coming this direction, they'll be able to read your thoughts. Uh, oh, you know, they'll good. see your unfiltered thoughts. I don't know how much you can control how easy it is to control not you know there's got to be some way that they're figuring out what signal is telling me you know that i want to control this mouse but at some point everything that you think they're going to be getting a record of that that'll be kind of crazy you know that that could cause problems you're talking about real hate crimes man if they could hear that would be dangerous <laughs> yeah you, you think you think somebody walks by and you think something like you know oh, rude let's say oh yeah terrible thoughts i mean i'm an awful person yeah. you'll then yeah you'll then get a uh a notification from the state you have you please um show up to the jail at 10 o'clock today you will yeah, seriously uh, process for a hate crime or disrespectful behavior what's the video game implication of this to try and bring this back to some semblance of what we talk about okay on our so show? well yeah we'll get away from the death and destruction but the, the <laughs> yeah, video you, implications yeah, is yeah, you, you won't need a controller that would be pretty dope. You could you could play video games, and once they get it to where it's reacting, to where you're just doing things with your thoughts. Oh, there's somebody coming there. Shoot them. You just have to think. You know, shoot that person. Rock in a grenade there. Close that door. Open this. Move here. It, and it would do it all. That'd I think that's, you know, controlling it's one way. But then when you don't need, you know, when they're able to feed the things into your head, you don't need a screen anymore. You don't need the Vision Pro goggles. You are seeing it in you know whatever side vision because they've got to figure out a way there's a way to do it because your ears your mouth all these other senses don't override your eyes they all work in parallel right well now ones can get stronger when the others don't exist yes right that, blind people yes. can hear better they have better better senses in that way um so it, you are splitting it to a point um my there that brings up a really good concern what happens when you do get Neuralink? is it going to make it so that you're less that you have less going for you when it comes to your sight your hearing your taste your sense of touch will those deluding get even more dull because awesome. you're bringing another one into the table yeah. that'll be interesting to see if people actually become 
less aware in all their other senses because they brought on another sense. Because that's the reality of what does happen. You take away one, the others get stronger. Yeah. So imagine if you had all but you know just the the minimum number of senses, those you, those would be hyper focused. Uh, you know, but then add add this thing that's bringing in all these other types of senses. Uh, you know, is it going to get to the point where you're then kind of numb to everything else and you're focusing only on the Neuralink? Well, and here would be the real question. You talk about, so like you talk about paraplegics and people with like severe spinal injuries and things like that. Could you remap mm -hmm. the brain to get, once again, have access to those uh, parts of your body that are no longer functioning? That That to me could be an interesting, I know that there's already things that are going on with that outside of Neuralink where they're trying to figure out how they can essentially re, like, like essentially jump wires around to, to, to get some of those things working again, that would, that would be very interesting because most of the and time that's, that's a yeah, spinal that, cord injury. Well, in this right now, they're current, they're, they're wording it as this is going to, you know, they're going to connect things to make it, for instance, for someone who wants to be able to walk again, Exactly. they will do things. They're, they're not going to be able to correct the damage of, let's say if you had a something in your spinal cord that was damaged, but they'll put something onto the lower half of your body that then will trigger the other side past the point where the damage is to where then they'll be able to get your leg, legs to respond. Um, you know, so that would be, I'm sure that, that's years in the future, but that is another, def, that's a use that they're going for, to where they'll be able to make people walk again that have spinal injuries and, and, and activate those limbs the way they would you know, without the injury. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I totally the path they're going and, uh, you know, this is, this is the only the beginning. Just imagine by the time that you're in your sixties, seventies, you know, the, what, what's going to change in medical science to where, you know, we're we going to see people living longer. Are we going to be able to just, when people's hearts start to fail, are they going to either replace them or, you know, put some, have something that you ingest that repairs and heals your body because you could, our bodies are really limited. And I think that we're just finally figuring out how everything even kind of works. Like we don't understand sure. the human body totally, but the fact that they're starting to understand the brain, they're starting to understand all these things. And it's not just like when, when something breaks, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's too bad. You've got this much longer to live. They're starting to come up with things to actually get around it. So I think it's going to be pretty cool. Undo undoubtedly. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say on Neuralink? Uh, got something else. Ooh, UGX. So, so UGX says, I'm getting close to 60 to 70. Can't wait to live until 115 minimum. He's not anywhere close to 60 or so. He's not anywhere <laughs> yeah, close to age. 60 or 70. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that, I know, I know that is an absolute falsehood. Um, now my kids will tell me that I'm getting close to that age, but I know that's not true. Yeah, well, I'm I'm practically thirty, according to some people. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about the day before Brian. Yeah, um, that has been shut down totally. Now it was shut down less than I believe forty eight hours after original launch. Um, and what we have learned, you Jack says I'm actually fifty one. Okay, so you're nowhere near sixty. I mean, yeah, that's. You're not almost 60 at 51. I mean, that's... Yeah, my kids tell me I'm almost 50. I'm not even halfway there yet. Give me a break. Well, yeah, but that's accurate with you, old man Aldridge. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, the day before, um, so this was the survival game that was developed by Fantastic. The game came out. Uh, it was out for like 72-ish, 48, 72 hours, somewhere in that ballpark, and then was immediately shut down the company announced that they were going out of business they were not going to keep the game updated everybody got their money back grade a disaster um yeah. and now you're starting to have some of the developers of the obviously very jaded people and rightfully so with this whole debacle uh speaking out against all of this uh a, a lot all of this of course is being done anonymously and one of the big things that's come out of this out of these anonymous sources is that the game was supposed to be a open world open world might not be the right word but a survival MMO 
And many people on the team said that the game was never intended to be an MMO. No matter what they stated or what they promoted, they, as developers, were not making an MMO. And in fact, yeah. that they they weren't. I mean, you looked at the game that was released; it wasn't anywhere near the ballpark of a of an MMO. It was a, it was closer to a Far Cry or or something like that, more of a sh- kind of a shooter on rails than it was an MMO. Um, so that's uh, that's that's what we're learning in regards to that. Here's a direct quote from somebody on the on the team and oh, I got to pause this stupid autoplay video. No one from our team knows why they called it an MMO. The former developer explained it was always a third person shooter with some co-op mechanics. Not one arch RPG mechanic was implemented. Skills were an idea and they were in the prototype stage, but nothing else. And that's well, what happened here. Sorry. Um, and that's something I think that they really just. You're really unbelievable. Miscom- <laughs> they really miscommunicated because. Well, no, Brian, they didn't miscommunicate diddly squat. They were literally <laughs> lying to the public. This game's an okay. MMO. The developers are like, there's not a single MMO mechanic in the game. What are you talking about? But, they, miscommunication. but the thing is, they didn't try to correct anyone, no. you know, as far as everyone was assuming it was an MMO, it was being marketed as an MMO, uh, you know, everything was good with it until it came out and it's like, oh, well, and it wasn't an MMO then either. You know, they claimed yeah. it was going to be an MMO. It releases and it's not an MMO. That's what people got pissed about. Technically uh, speaking, there were no RPG mechanics implemented. There was no possible way to put a lot of people in the world or make it the world even bigger. From the beginning, the idea was that servers would always be under 100 people. That's not an MMO. No clans, no raids, closed hubs. It's been that way for over two years. So yeah. the, 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 these developers stating the case very clearly... Um, when the source was asked about the direction of the marketing side of the day before it took, before uh, the day before it took compared to the actual product, they said no one could explain that. The source added that there was a severe lack of communication between the wider team and the fantastic founders. Um, founders, the founders quote made every gameplay and design decision, and anyone who disagreed with them risked losing their jobs so brian is all in all fair to say that this whole thing is just a unmitigated disaster from 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 jump yes because when you look at this it's just like they they had so much hype so many people that were really looking forward to this game and i think rather than correcting them and saying and, and losing all those people or they're worried about losing all those people they decided that they were going to turn around and go with it. And in the end, it destroyed their company. So, you know, this is poor management. The fact that these people were pushing it this way uh, and, you know, because they viewed it as dollar signs, you know, was it worth it now? Because, I mean, look at this. Like, this is people driving, the, their demos all showed people driving around the world, talking to each other, you know, rummaging through buildings, looting things. Uh, you know, it looked like the open world survival games that we had seen up to that point, but just it looked a little bit better. Similar to the uh, uh, division, more than yeah, anything the, else. Yeah, right? had, definitely had a division look and feel to it. The way they designed the whole city looked very much like the division. They they had good people on the team. I mean, their their uh, their level designers seem really capable. Uh, you know, they programmed a game that seems to have worked. The movements, characters, everything works, right? But poor design, uh, you know, well, in the end. And and what I find so interesting about it is, yes, MMOs are very popular. But there are a plethora of very, very successful games that are not 
MMOs. So it's weird yeah. that you would say we're developing an MMO, even though you're not, as a selling tactic when people buy plenty of other games that are not. I mean, let's go back to the let me go back to the Steam to the Steam DB homepage and we can look at all the the top games being played right now. Uh, Counter Strike Two is not an MMO. Hell Divers not an MMO. Dota is Dota is not an MMO. Power World is up to a couple of players. That's not an MMO. I don't know what Last Epoch is. This uh, this is an MMO. Uh, Apex is not an MMO. Baldur's Gate uh, is kind of an MMO. Call of Duty, PUBG, Rainbow Six, GTA, TF2, Rust. I mean, none of these like two of these games the thing are is Baldur's MMOs. Gate works off of Baldur's Gate works. But the thing is, there's only uh, what a couple couple players of ball so maybe it's not an mo okay so like one or two on this whole list is is it's so that's what excuse me that's what i find so peculiar is why would you why would you why did why was there a need to sell this as an mmo yeah that like there's plenty of these kinds of games like the division that are incredible that were incredibly popular so just market it and sell it for what it is Unless these developer, yeah. unless these owners were just so hell bent on having an MMO, and if that's the case, then they obviously knew nothing about game development, and and did not want to yeah. be part of the game development process. Because if they had played even ten minutes of the game, they would have said, "This is unlike any MMO I've ever played. This is not WoW. Yep. This is not doesn't RuneScape. Have features doesn't have any of that stuff." And, and as I said when when we were talking about this weeks ago. The, the way that they designed the levels and made the world and were making everything interactive with all the coolest little bells and whistles, it couldn't be an MMO. Not with current, the way that technology works with, with our internet and game engines currently. There were things they were doing that just didn't work as an MMO. And that's why when I first saw the video, I said, I don't know how they're going to do this. That's exactly why. And they couldn't. They didn't. Uh, and I thought it was interesting so um, um, here's, a, here's a quote from this uh, PC Gamer article. It says, A new documentary from German game sites like Game2 and GameStar has shed some more light on the disastrous development of the day before. And boy, howdy, it's worse than you thought. Game2 says it spoke to 16 former fan- Fantastic employees, one of its former volunteers, and seven staff from the day before publisher, Mytona. The picture they paint is, well, staggering. Uh, they said... Now, speaking anonymously, Game 2 source, sources alleged that working at Fantastic, uh, this now-defunct studio, was pure megalomaniac, maniacal chaos. As they tell it, the game's development was constantly buffeted by the changing whims of the Gotovsev brothers. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I pronounced that right. The studio's founders uh, and the scope and style of the game would change whenever one of them got their hands on whatever the big game of the month was. Mm. They didn't have a vision is what it's pretty much saying. Yeah. Sources, le- sources allege that the game's character creator had to be overhauled multiple times to keep up with GTA Online, then Hogwarts Legacy, then Baldur's Gate 3, while the game settings, a smoky, oppressive city, had to be dramatically altered to become brighter and friendlier after one of the brothers played Spider-Man 2. One former dev says they only learned the game was supposed to be an MMO when they saw a trailer for it. So that's not how you develop a video game from my, uh, in my expert opinion, Brian. No, you have to draw the whole thing up, have every detail figured out before because small changes can throw everything off or make things break. Uh, You know, it's just the fact that they were doing this. No wonder the thing failed. It's two guys that don't know how to design a game. They started a studio because they wanted to do something cool, uh, but obviously they're not mature enough to do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know them, but the way that they're being described, they're not mature enough to, to do this type of work. Obviously. Because sometimes you have to stick to an idea. And if you're a visionary who's coming out with something super cool, uh, you just look at uh, when... Apple was first for, formed and Steve Jobs, he would say, I know better than what the public knows. I, you know, I, I know better and, and I'm, they, they just need to figure out what I'm trying to accomplish. That was a visionary. And guess what? He was right. He saw better than most people did. These guys have no vision because they're 
basing every single idea off of what they see that's working. They're so, they're so anxious to have it work that anything that works, they're saying, okay, do that. Oh, wait, that's working. Do that. That's not how you make something, and that's not how you become successful. So, it's how sad. you It's how you release a game and close your studio within 72 hours. Yeah, they, they were successful in, in accomplishing that. So apparently there's like a docu like a YouTube documentary on this. Yeah, um, oh, but it's, it's from in German. the German game sites Game Two and Game Star. Ah, so so there's English I, subtitles, but it's all in German. That kind of sucks. Yeah, well, yeah, and so I don't know if they'll come out with a dubbed version or if you. Yeah, you just have to read the, the subtitles, thing. but there'll there'll be a link in our uh, in our show notes for that, right? Yeah, I'll get I'll find the actual documentary here. Okay, great. Actually, I found it. All right, so I'll put a, I'll put a link into it right now. And even if you watch it on YouTube, you can have it auto-translate the subtitles. Yeah, I think they actually have it. It looks like they have English subtitles built into the... Because right in the title of the video, it says ENG sub. Um, it'll be like watching an anime. I guess it'll be like watching a Japanese anime or something like that without a dub. Um, so you can check well, that out. It's a very interesting story. Um, and I, I think... There was there will be there's gonna be so much more coverage of this game now that it's gone. Um yeah. on the kind of the fallout and everything than there was probably before it even came out, which I find to be absolutely fascinating. Well, and I I find it also interesting they said that they would find um okay, so one claim backed up by several of Game Two's sources says that employees were made to pay fines to the company for turning in substandard work, with nice. some reportedly forced to pay $1,930 for poor quality voice recordings. Others were kept on their toes by a company policy of spontaneous, spontaneous termination. One of the day before five testers was apparently fired from the company just before release after one of the Gotovacevs oh, encountered a bug. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I've never heard of that before. Like if my company said, hey, we want you to pay a fine because you made this mistake. I'd be like, no, thank you. Yeah, kiss my ass is more of more of what the more what the response would be. So that's uh, that's the saga of uh, of the uh, the day before. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on some of these anonymous sources. And I'm sure I'm sure there will be more that will come out in the very uh, in the very near term about all of that. All right, Brian. Interesting show as always. I can't believe you still have this picture up here on the screen. Where can folks find you uh, online? I guess if that's relevant. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, I don't know. Find me. You can find me at Boise Computer on X, or if you want to go to go, uh, go to one of the other a sites. Lady. You're Look, literally mocking a lady. I'm not mocking. I'm respecting her. I, you know, she was. This was somebody who had an impact on my childhood. There, I, there, when I went searching for this picture, I saw the poster. They had the poster that was up in my school. It was sad. okay. Just okay. Um, I'm sorry. Just go ahead. You're online. Go ahead. Oh okay, yeah, of course. On one of the other services, look for at uh, Brian Aldridge. Of course, my blog biteoftech.com, and I encourage you to go to our website infectionpodcast.com. Go to the upper right hand side, and you can join our server on Discord. Uh, if you, you if you want, you can go there and post pictures of our our our, uh, our favorite NASA uh, astronaut. Oh or you can come and join one of our 11 ARC servers. We also have politics and just all kinds of things you can do in there. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Nick or I, that's another great way to do it. If you want to watch the live show, you can do that weekly on Twitch or YouTube or watch the upload after the fact on Rumble. Yeah, or if you want to listen on our podcast form, which is the most popular, uh, you can listen to that after the show is done. On, on one of the lower right-hand side links, There's a lot of different platforms that we have our show on. Pick whichever one's most convenient for you. If you are listening, that means that the show notes are up for that particular episode. Just jump onto that page, and there's a video and audio player built in, plus links for all the previous topics that we, we covered in that episode. Uh, maybe there's a video. We have, for instance, that video. You want to go and find that today. We didn't play it on the show, uh, but we'll have the link for that in our show. Which one? One of the challenges we're exploring? I, I should yeah. put that video on there as a link. If you if you want to uh, if you want to uh, support us, you can go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. All right. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it as always. Great uh, that I can great, make your day more cheerful. Great useful insight. I'm, it's great. Thanks, Brian. We'll see you uh, yeah. see you next week, I guess. Uh, see you later. All right, folks. Well, uh, 
Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this little thing we do. It's called Affection Podcast. Sometimes it's about video games. Sometimes it's about Brian's childhood. You just have to tune in every week to find out. If you uh, missed any portion of today's program, of course, you can uh, find all of the pertinent details on our website. That's infectionpodcast.com. If you want to check out my uh, day job, you can follow me on X at Nicholas M. Craig or visit my website, nickcraig.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.